Hello, hello, ladies and gentlemen, and welcome back to The Jeff Antonio Show. And today, I have a very special guest. Please welcome Redwood. How you doing? Hi, are you okay? I'm all right. How are you? I'm fantastic. I'm even better now that I'm talking to you. <laughs> <laughs> yes, yeah, so, um, you know, I've, I've discovered your music probably, you know, in the past couple weeks, and um, I'm a music junkie, you know, I'm constantly looking for new music and something to inspire me or move me or make me feel. And um, I happened to come across your song, Honey Sauce. And I got to tell you, it's awesome. Thank you very much. I'm <laughs> glad you like it. Thank you. Actually, I love it. Um, and, and you're welcome. It's, it's well deserved. It's it just, I don't know what it is, but something about your voice and the way the song is crafted and the way that chorus comes in, it's just like, man, it just, it's just there and it's amazing and it's all its glory. And um, I hope you're proud of that song because it, it, it does something to me. Yeah, um, I am. I am proud of it. It's always nice when uh, I think, especially when um, a relationship ends and obviously you feel you go through so many different emotions, don't you? But um uh, at one point, I think you probably feel a little bit of resentment. I think that's fair to say with most of us, I think even just for a day. Um, yeah. <laughs> so, yeah, and I sort of at the time I was like, right, well, fine, I'm going to write a song about it then. So I did. And uh, <laughs> so I'm yeah. And I'm really I'm really good friends with the with the ex-boyfriend in question. Really good friends. Um, cool. But yeah, so it's quite funny, really, because once he heard the song, he texted me going, sorry. <laughs> ah. <laughs> so he knew he was like uh oh yeah so it's one one nil to me that's so funny yeah i mean it really it's just like and a lot of your music too because i've listened to a lot of your songs but it's just like you have this natural quality about your music it just feels so natural and i think the listeners feel that too is, is it is music just natural for you or is it something that you work on um, I, I don't think anybody's, um, ever born like fully fledged with like a, a God given talent. I think some people, some people are born with, um, I, I don't know, like a better capability. I don't know. Um, but it's definitely still something you have to work at. You know, you can't, it's not like, it's not like I just sat down at a piano and could just play it and write songs. Like I had to, and if you, I mean, I never want to share with the world the songs I was writing at like age 12 because it's, yeah, it's embarrassing. So it's something you have to practice and, and um, hone in on your craft and, yeah, really sort of work away at, I would have said. Um, wow. But I've always enjoyed it. So that's, well, that's good. I enjoy it. Well, it just comes off just very natural you know it, it's not forced it, it comes off like very genuine and um it just kind of comes and gets you and sometimes those are some of the best artists you know it's um it's a certain way of the singing style and the songwriting and it just feels so natural and that's 
that's what I'm hearing from your music. It's just this. It is not to say that you don't work at it or anything like that. It's just, I don't know. It just feels natural. Yeah, I mean, um, I, I, I feel, I feel the things that, yeah, I feel the things I've written about. So I, I don't know. I can, um, I when I if I perform the song or I'm recording the song or whatever, I try and uh, like access the the emotions I was feeling at the time and try and like go back there in my head um because I think it's sort of that way makes it seem a bit more real a bit more authentic um instead of just kind of getting up and just singing words you know what I mean it's yeah you have to feel it and you have to tap into what you're feeling at the time you can't really force it so that's that's the genuineness that I'm hearing is that you're you're feeling what you're singing and it really comes across. Yeah, that's great. So take me to the beginning. I mean, take me to your childhood and the music that you grew up with and, and what inspired you. <laughs> um, this is if anyone uh, up until this point, if you thought I was cool up until this point, allow me to pop that bubble very, very <laughs> swiftly. Um, I, <laughs> I listened to, I don't know, um, whether you've heard of a pop group called S Club Seven? I don't think so. No. Okay. No. So they were really big, particularly in the UK. They were like huge in sort of the latter part of the 1990s and then early 2000s. Um, and as a kid, I I just loved them. It was like all I listened to. Um, so, and there was like it's like really cheesy pop. Um, but I listened to a lot of that and I've got a lot of memories of when being really, really little and, um, listening to that. Um, and then have you ever heard of, um, the show Top of the Pops? I don't think so. Okay. All right. So it was like this show that would come on on a Friday evening and, you know, um, different pop artists, bands, whatever would, would play, um, on there. And S Club 7 performed on there one night and then it was like announced that they were breaking up and I just wept into my mother's arms. I was so heartbroken. So, yeah, I was obsessed. Um, but yeah, but then also um, I, I've i been sort of brought up on um, like a strict diet of the Beatles. Both my dad and my stepdad are really, really big fans. Uh, I think both of them probably would disown me if I wasn't a fan (laughs) Um, and that's genuinely um, I found the Beatles and their their use of harmonies and the way they wrote songs and and structured songs and stuff like that uh, very inspiring so a lot of that stuff Um, people like Joss Stone I listened to from a really young age I love Joss Stone very soulful vocals beautiful I don't know. There's so much. I, it wasn't just S Club Seven. It was there was a lot. There's a lot of music um, that's always been around uh, in the household. Uh, all of my family are musical, one way or another. So my mum drums. Um, oh wow! Yeah, <laughs> uh, and my dad sings and plays guitar and writes songs, and my stepdad plays guitar, and yeah, everybody plays an instrument. So it's pretty cool. Yeah, that's great. So you always kind of just had music playing around, and yeah, yeah. You've- yeah, You've got a big was, music vocabulary. Yeah, we've. I'm. I'm very, very lucky in that. Um, my parents and my family have always been really super supportive, and um, yeah, they just sort of 
said to me when I was younger, you know, do you want to learn piano? And I was like, yep, cool, I'll do it. And uh, here we are. So, and yeah, and obviously without that, um, without having piano to accompany myself, I I think the way I write songs, if, if I ever had gone on to write songs, it would be very, very different. So, uh, yeah, I'm very lucky in that respect. That's awesome. That's all because most kids, you know, the piano lessons are like, oh, I don't want to do it. I mean, you actually wanted to learn. Yeah. And I, I can um, I, I can tell you firsthand that kids are like that because I do teach piano now for a living. Yeah. And there, there are kids that are like, I don't want to do it today. And you're like, but you must. <laughs> <laughs> you can and you will. <laughs> you will. Um, yeah, no, and I I went through periods where I really didn't want to do it because it does get tough and you 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 sort of hit a wall and you have to break the wall down and keep going. Um, but yeah, no, I I've always really loved music. Uh, I really really have. And I my mum, uh, I think my mum used to, what was it? My mum had a nickname for me when I was a toddler. I can't remember what it was, but she said I used to sing in my cot. So yeah. Wow, it's just it's just in your genes in your family all around you as a kid and that's beautiful i mean that's great um i mean was it when you started to learn the piano was it kind of like that pivot moment where you said this is me like i'm music i'm, I'm doing this um yeah i think so i was i was six years old when i started learning so i think at the time at that age it was just kind of like oh great a new thing this is exciting right um but i think uh, yeah, certainly when I got to like age 10 or 11, um, it really hit me uh, that I I loved singing and I loved music and just and hearing music. Um, it's always just been something that I've just wanted to like absolutely immerse myself in. Um, yeah, I just it's like the great love of my life. I know that sounds cheesy, but it is like I just I cannot like the i when i picture like my life without music it's just like this dull grayness yeah i love it no i i don't think it's cheesy at all i mean if you know what you want in life especially at a young age i mean i think it's a gift you know because there's so many people out there that don't really know what they want to do for i mean sometimes till the middle of their life you know they find their calling so the fact that you were so connected to your ultimate, you know, you know, drive and motion in life. I mean, I think it, it it would give a lot of clarity. I would think. Yeah, but then there are days where um, I know I've had conversations with my little brother, who uh, he's a drummer, uh, so he's you know he does music, and we've sat down and just cried together. Like I wish we just wanted to do like you know regular office jobs because <laughs> it's tough. Like music is tough sometimes. It's hard work. So. Um, yeah, there are days where I wish I didn't want to do music, but I can't help it. It's it's like a, it's yeah, it's like my vice, I think. Yeah, I mean, I've I've always kind of described it as like it's like a ghost that's always following you, you know. And sometimes you want to turn it off, you know, but that ghost is always there. You look up and there's the ghost of you know music, and it says, "Hey, play," you know, like this. This is what you do. This is you. And it always brings you back. And um, yeah, but I totally get what you mean there. So you said, uh, you know, about 12 or so, that's when you started to write songs. I mean, what were what were some of the first songs like? Oh, God, they were about boys. 
they were um yeah it was real like you know um uh high school um just like getting crushes on boys and like i yeah i mean that you're talking that you're talking to the girl who grew up on s club seven so at school like i wasn't cool i wasn't one of the popular ones um so I think, yeah, sort of like if I ever had a crush on a boy, the boys would be like, oh, no, thanks. Like, I'm not interested in you. <laughs> so it would, it would be like, why don't you like me? Like this kind of thing. Um, but yeah, so and I haven't really grown out of that, to be honest. Um, I just write about it in a perhaps more fancy way with bigger words. I don't know. <laughs> you kept You kept the same format. You just refined it. That's all. Yeah, there's still, there's still unrequited love songs. It's just like I've grown up a bit. <laughs> that is a trip. So, I mean, at, at some point, did you, you know, when did you start performing live? Um, the first time, first time I ever seriously sung live, um, like performing a pop song, um, my, my older sister, um, was gonna be performing at a school festival, like a school talent show. Um, and her friend chickened out at the last minute. And so she came to me and was like, right, basically like a last resort. No one else will do it with me. I need you to do it. And I was like, oh, okay, I see. I see how this is. Um, but yeah, so she roped me in to do it. Um, and that was, that was a bit of a turning point really because I, yeah, so I would have been about 12, I think, yeah, 12 or 13. Um, and yeah, and I got roped in to accompany my sister and sung a few verses solo. And um, yeah, it was, and people said nice things. And I was like, oh, actually, like, maybe, maybe I could do this. Like, right. I like this. And yeah, so I, I think that was it, probably. That's awesome. That's awesome. I'm sure you were nervous, huh? oh yeah really nervous yeah really really nervous I was I felt sick in the week before like every day on the way to school I was like <gasps> it's this Friday <laughs> like really really worrying about it um but yeah no it was good it was good though um I get like that now before every performance I like pace back and forth beforehand like <gasps> okay don't mess it up. <laughs> how do you get through it how do you work past that um I don't know. The, I think I don't know whether people lie when they say like it's really funny that I just ramble. I don't know whether they're doing that to just be nice. It's like a, maybe it's like a really polite British thing. I don't know, but I do ramble a lot, and the more nervous I am, the more I talk. Mm. Um, and it doesn't it doesn't make any sense, and it's like my brain's just going. Bleh. I don't know. <laughs> <laughs> so yeah, I don't know. I it's almost like you do put on a bit of an act. It's like, you know how like David Bowie had Ziggy Stardust, like this alter ego. I think all um, performers have that kind of alter ego. I think the side you see, so I, I get really deep in conversations very quickly. I this is the emotion to me. Um, yeah, like I think, I think all performers have that alter ego of in some form, on some level um, where we are not a different person i don't know but it's like you're not you're not who you're going to be like with 
your family, with your closest family, your closest friends, you're not the same person. I know what you mean. No, no, I know what you mean. It, it's, 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 I know what you mean. And it's kind of hard to describe, but it's like you're tapping into another dimension. And it's still you, but it's a different part of you. And I don't know how to describe. It. I mean, it's just, it's, it's still you. It's just, it's just another dimension. It's another side of you. Another side, yeah, multifaceted, aren't you? It's kind of like, yeah, yeah. And it's, it's like it's, lights on. It's a, yeah, it's, a, <laughs> it's one of those, like the sort of fake it till you make it, like pretend you're confident, and then you'll relax a bit. I think. Um, yeah, but it's terrifying. It is so so scary. But I think you said something very good there. I mean, fake it to you. I think that's great advice, especially for the stage, because there's so many great artists and up and coming artists that do have stage fright. And it's, you know, I mean, with you, it's it's workable. It's like you said, you turn it on and boom, you're in your zone. But there's so many people that that are frightened to be on stage. And I think it's, it's a simple freight, but it makes a lot of sense. Just get up there. Fake it till you make. Get up there, act like you know what you're doing, and you'll end up knowing what you're doing, right? Well, that's and that's you know things like you know people say to you like, oh, pretend the audience are all in their underwear, and it's not because <laughs> you like it, it's not actually um, so like you're like laughing at them and that makes you relax. The whole idea of that is to kind of almost it sounds a bit dodgy, really, but the in your head the audience are just as looking just as vulnerable as you and I think one of the best bits of advice my grandfather gave to me was um actually the audience want you to do well they want you to do a good job they're they're sort of they're on your side they they want to enjoy it you know what I mean so yeah they want you to do well so go out there and and do well like I don't know it's um but you're not but you're gonna have you're gonna have off days like any other job that you do you know you have good days and bad days um i've i've had some terrible live performances it just sometimes it happens give me an example of of you know time you did a show and you're like oh this just couldn't go any worse and you just work your way through it i mean um well certainly throughout the lockdown here um so obviously uh, a lot of people have been doing these live stream shows. I'm going to, if my, one of my friends, Rosie, if she ever like listens to this show that I'm on with you now, she's going to definitely, definitely laugh at me because she always takes the mickey saying that I mention my broken fingers too much. I do mention my broken fingers. I broke my fingers. You can see oh, okay. how weird my, th my finger is. I broke my fingers at the start of, our first lockdown in the UK um and so then I still wanted to do my live streams and I still wanted to play piano but I could only use these two fingers and my thumb um on my left hand wow um, so and that was fine like I it was fine I got on with it um but there was one live stream where like everything was going wrong I was having loads of technical issues and my hand was in a cast because I like really, really broke my fingers. Like I put my back into it. So um, yeah, they were really bad. And they were in a cast and it was like sort of May, June time. And it was really like it had been a really hot, sweaty day. You know, when you're just irritable because it's too hot. And yeah, I was I was in a bad mood anyway. And everything was going wrong. 
Um, and then my phone stopped working. So I had to borrow my little brother's phone to do the live stream. And then one of his friends tried FaceTiming him while I was trying to do like finish up the live stream. And it was like everything was going wrong. And I could just feel myself like about to explode. And I was just, yeah, I, I don't know. I've had times where I've like just come off these live streams during lockdown and just found it so stressful um, that it's, it's, I don't know, it really does something to you. It's a, it's a very, very weird thing um, streaming to people and not being in a room with people, just talking True. at your phone essentially. Or your, you know, your device. Yeah, it's really, really odd. Um, so that was that. And then there was another time where I was just really ill. I'd been really run down all week. I don't know. I think I had a bug of some kind. Um, and actually, funnily enough, I remember I was singing my single Honey Sauce at a gig. And I could feel myself like going faint. And I was like gripping onto the piano to stay upright. Um, wow. So that, that was another bad one. <laughs> so, yeah. But you worked through it. But you work through it, right? Yeah, I'm a. I don't know. I kind of see it like, well, especially once I start. I'm like, look, I've turned up now. I'm gonna finish the job, and then I can feel sorry for myself afterwards. Precisely, precisely. And half the time, the crowd doesn't know the difference. They're like, "I thought you were amazing." Yeah. yeah. So, so much of it is in your head, isn't it? It is. It is. I think so much of the time we get in our own way, and if we just got out of the way. You'd be amazed at what we could do. Yeah. Yeah, yeah. this is it. Absolutely, 100%. So take me to, you know, when you first started recording, like, when did you do it and how did that come about? Um, probably uh, I started going to, like, a music college. Um, and there we had access to, like, a, a proper music studio. Um, so, and I was, you know, using all the proper equipment, um, didn't even know that there was a difference between the, you know, different types of microphones. I just thought a microphone was a microphone, <laughs> um, and all of that kind of stuff. And, uh, yeah, I still, I'm, yeah. Um, yeah, it was, it was amazing. It was absolutely mind blowing the first time and learning, trying to learn all of these new things and how it all worked and which plug went in where and yeah, all of that kind of stuff. Was there a learning curve to kind of figuring it out, like the mic and the piano? And I mean, how did you work your way through it? Yeah, definitely. Um, I think obviously, well, with the piano um, to start off with, I did a lot of it through uh, MIDI, um, so it wasn't all um, done with you know microphones around a, a proper acoustic real piano. Um, but yeah, certainly in terms of learning what to do with recording vocals and recording other instruments, you know, um, putting microphones up around a drum kit and things like that for recording a band. And then also working with um, the computer and the uh, digital audio workstations and all of this kind of stuff and learning how to use all of, all of that. I mean, some people picked that up within a few months. And to be honest now, I mean, I'm 23 now when I started college when I was 16 and I left college a few years ago but um, I still sometimes get really muddled about some of these things I I'm kind of like look just let me turn up and do the music somebody just else press can record yeah <laughs> can do all this like weird technological stuff 
um yeah i'm i'm not great with it but i get by <laughs> that's a trip yeah i mean sometimes you just get to get past the technical parts and so it sounds to me at this point you've probably figured out what you like to do in the studio and what you just because you know have someone else do figure out what what mic or all the specific details right yeah awesome. i think so yeah yeah as, as i think it's um a case of like going out there and meeting other people who can do the the production side of things and the recording engineer side of things um and having a sort of a good team around you and i've kind of yeah i can i can get by i can record myself i can record demos of things and i can try and mix things or whatever but i'm I'm nowhere near as as good as you know some of the producers I know, so um, I just leave it leave it to the experts. Yeah, we could we could leave it to, to them to be the knob tweakers and <laughs> yeah, exactly. hand yeah, this exactly. left, put this right, you know, master this. I mean, it, at some point, it's like okay, you know, that's yes, do it, please. <laughs> I think I think what's frustrating for me is I know how I want things to sound from a production standpoint, but. Um, I really struggle sometimes to articulate what it is I want. So I'm like, this thing, this needs to, this needs, I want something here, but I don't know what it is. And this thing needs to maybe be, it needs to be back. It needs to just be back in the recording. And I remember my, um, one of my producers was like, so just turn it down then. And I was like, yeah, that, that, just turn it down. (laughs) (laughs) I don't know. But that makes sense though. They understand. (laughs) <laughs> but that makes sense. I mean, to say that something needs to be further back completely makes sense to me, you know. And if you were to say um, it needs something different, you know, it's. I think that makes sense too. I mean, it may not be exactly – but, you know, how, how do you articulate that? You just kind of experiment and you find out what it is that's missing, right? Yeah, I think so. I, I think so much of it is just experimentation. It's particularly – you know, I think in the early days of um, just playing around with music, like it should be something you enjoy, and the and the joy of of it is just playing around with these with these things and working out what it is you like, the sounds you like, um, and yeah, stuff like that. So, as you know, in the studio, you can go on forever. Gone are the days where, you know, like the Beatles, you know, they only had four tracks. If you can imagine how crazy that is. I know. Um, And still what they did. But at one point, do you know when the song is done before you drive yourself nutty? Um, I I don't know. It's like, I don't know if when you were a little kid, you ever said to like, a grown-up like what's it like to be in love with somebody and everybody says oh you don't know it's just like this feeling and when you know you know right. <laughs> it's almost like that like when you listen it's like you well I don't I can't speak on behalf of everybody else but I know for myself when I listen to a track and I and it's done I listen to it and I just get this like feeling like this gut feeling and then I get like these weird butterflies and I'm like yes this is it. This is the one. Um, yeah. yeah, this it's it's there. So um, yeah, I'm, I'm the single that's next coming out. It's coming out in April, um, and I remember with that one, I thought it was finished, and I was listening 
through to it and towards the end I was like it just needs a little something else at the end here and I did the little something else and and then I listened back to it and I was like yes that's, that's it it's done so it's a good instinct yeah yeah <laughs> it flies away right <laughs> yeah, yeah. It's bird yeah well that makes sense I mean I think that makes sense I mean it it uh you know it's like an instinctive feeling and it's it's how how the track makes you feel right that's how you know when it's done it's like a complete feeling yeah that is awesome that is awesome so how do you get into your creative zone you know it's as you know say you know you know that you're going to go to the studio on friday and, and you're going to do this and you're going to do that and then you get there on friday and you're just like you know how, how do you how to how do you parlay into your zone um <laughs> It's again, it's a bit of that, uh, the whole like fake it till you make it thing. If I'm really not feeling it. <sighs> yeah, if I'm, if I'm really not feeling it, I'll just kind of like have a go. And I don't know. And I, I suppose sort of like do the things I know I can do. Um, my, yeah, I think that's, that's probably is. Yeah, I'll, I'll get there and I'll, if I'm really not feeling something, I'll be like, well, I'll, I'll come back to this and I'll do this thing and get this thing done and then I've got this to come back to and then and then if it's if it's not right either either chuck it or just kind of put it on the back burner and it's there if I need to come back to it um sometimes you know I've I've spoken to some musicians who have recorded almost an entire song and they've got all, you know all these tracks done all these different layers and they've listened to it and just gone, it's just not right. It's just not right. And they've just scrapped the entire thing and started again from scratch. Oh, yeah. So it happens. Um, but I, yeah, I sort of force myself a little bit to get into it. I'm a terrible procrastinator as well. I'm like, oh, I'll do it later. I'll Me do too. it tomorrow. And then tomorrow, <laughs> tomorrow comes and I'm like, oh, no, I can't because it's raining. Even yeah. though rain, the weather's are like completely irrelevant to the task. I don't yeah. know. I just... It's raining outside. You're inside the studio. Yeah. <laughs> no, but I, I know what you mean. Like, you know, and, and but that's good, though. I mean, ha have you ever scrapped an, an entire song or or started back to square one? I wouldn't have said I've scrapped the entire thing, um, but sometimes going back to the bare bones of it almost like the blueprint of it sometimes or I find with because with some lyrics that I write it's not just kind of like um like the words that have been chosen it's not just because I wanted those words there sometimes mm -hmm. it's also about how it works rhythmically um and so sometimes I'll just get some thoughts down onto a piece of paper and then there's kind of like a rhyming couplet or even just a line that actually I look at and I think, oh, actually, this would work really well in this song instead of keeping it here. Oh. And I'll do that. Um, so that's happened quite a few times. So I, I don't know. It's sort of like switching back and forth between things. And um, and it's not it's not stealing when it's all your own work. It doesn't matter. So <laughs> you can, it doesn't matter. You can just do what you want. Um, yeah, you so steal from yourself. Yeah. Yeah. I but stole from. Yeah. Do you do you co-write or you write? write alone um most of the time i write alone but that's not for want of trying to get other writers to write with me um 
So I'm hoping uh, once the lockdown restrictions here have eased a little bit, I'll be able to get together with, I've you know been texting loads of musical friends like, we need to get together and do this. And people respond with, yeah, that'd be great. And then nothing ever comes of it. So hopefully I'm going to be really pushy, I think now. And yeah. uh, force people to write with me, whether they want to or not. <laughs> Lock them in the studio. You're not yeah. coming out. <laughs> yeah. Yeah. So th that brings me to a, a, a great point and um, something that we've all gone through the past year, COVID. I mean, tell me how that's affected you personally and and your music, too. Like, how is that, you know, I mean, I'm sure it's had an impact. Yeah. Um, I feel almost uh, guilty in saying that the first we had we like a lot of people in the UK are like referring to the lockdowns we've had here as like the trilogy of lockdowns because we're now in our third <laughs> lockdown because they kept easing it and then being like oh no cases are rising we should probably stay at home again um right. so uh, I won't get really political because it's just a bad idea um so I won't but yes that's that, that's what's happened um so in the first lockdown, which was um, sort of March of last year until, God, when would it have been? June or July, I think, because they did start sending children back to school and things just before the summer holidays for us here. Um, mm. And the first lockdown, I just, I loved it. It was quiet. I just read books. I've, I'd like really fallen out of love with reading and I love reading um i love writing so i and i love reading and i love words so i read so many books and i just sat out in my garden and and just read um and and baked a lot and walked the dogs and um yeah it was great i really really loved it even though i broke my fingers i loved it um yeah. it was but then you know also that's not to say that it wasn't tough because it was and you know obviously um I'm from a big family and we were all, well, most of us, we were all under the same roof. And that was, that was very challenging. Um, Cause not, you know, um, none of us, are, us kids, are kids anymore, we're all grown ups and we've all left home really. Um, so we all wanted to do things a certain way. And then mum would be like, no, we're doing it my way. And then my stepdad would be like, no, we're going to do it my way. And yeah, it was, uh, it, it got heated sometimes. <laughs> so that was hard. Um, yeah so there was that and then um the winter lockdown that came about sort of october time i found that so much tougher because you know the the evenings were drawing in more you know more and more it was getting dark earlier and things like that i found that quite tough um so that was quite difficult and then the one now i'm just really fed up of it now i'm so fed up i just want to be back out and about and back at doing gigs and meeting up with friends and all those all those things that I think all of us took for granted because you you just don't think um that that wouldn't be part of normal everyday life being able to just meet you know bump into somebody in the street and be like oh hey let's go and get a coffee and catch up and right. you can't do that now um at the moment so that was that's been tough and I'm yeah I'm really fed up of it now <laughs> um <laughs> yeah <laughs> really really fed up um yeah and then in terms of uh, musically and 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 sort of all you know income and all of that stuff obviously it's it's had such an effect um and i've been lucky there have been people who have just completely had 
work ripped away from them because of what's happened. Um, you know, I've been, I've still been able to teach piano via zoom and stuff. So that's, that's been, I've been so lucky in that respect. You know, I have, I've lost out on a lot of income this year, but I've still been making money, which is better than a lot of other people. So um, you have to, you have to try and count your blessings, don't you? You do. You do. Yeah. No, I totally agree. It's one of those things that I think over the past year, it's just like you said, the simple things that before we probably never even thought about it, but now it's just like, wow, you know, just to be able to go outside, be free, you know, and be out there in the open and having a normal sense of being in society, um, you know, <laughs> I mean, before all this COVID stuff, it's just like, well, yeah, that's just life. Hello. You know, but now it's like, man, you know, we, we really, you take that out, you feel it. Yeah. But do, do you feel now as well, like looking at people out and about, if they're not distancing or if they're not wearing a mask and things like that, you're like, <gasps> you know, I, I, I found throughout lockdown watching TV shows yeah. and being like, in my head, I was like, they're not wearing a mask. Oh my God. And then I'm like, wait, no, it's okay. Yeah. This is, this is like, yeah. I, I like binge watched uh, Gilmore Girls during lockdown. Like, binged. <laughs> and I, at one point, I was really tired one day and I was like, oh, they're not wearing masks in a shop. Oh, no. <laughs> oh wait, it's fine. <laughs> it was recorded like 10 years ago. It's fine. Right. Yeah. yeah. So I think. No, I do. I. Mess no, I do notice it, you know, it's just like somebody doesn't have a mask, you, you kind of, you clench up a little bit, and you're like, oh, I don't know, you know, it's, it's one of those things. Um, but, uh, yeah, I mean, it sounds to me that you've, you've, you've rode the wave very well. I, I know for me that when it first happened, I was more in freak out mode. I was more like, oh, you know, I had so many plans for 2020 and I was going to do this and I was going to do that and you know, I was kind of more like uh, just upset. I knew it was going to be a big pattern interrupt and what have you. And then as time went by, I just kind of was just like, you know, I guess it is what it is. Um, it's changed life for all of us. Um, we all took a big hit, you know, but, you know, at the same time, thankful to be alive. I mean, so many people have passed and uh, we're still here on this earth. So it's, it's, a, it's a mix of emotions, right? Yeah, but that... I think also you've got to try not to be too hard on yourself uh, when there are there are days where you do just feel miserable and you know depressed and fed up. That's that's allowed. You know yeah. you mustn't mustn't be hard on yourself for that. That's the other thing is sort of get cutting yourself some slack, being kind to yourself, even if you know I was lucky. I had a garden to sit in. There are people who live in high-rise blocks of flats, uh, high-rise buildings who don't have access to gardens. I was really lucky to have a garden, but there were still moments through lockdown where, you know, my mental health was not good. So, and that's okay, you know. Um, but yeah, it's, it's it, and yeah, it's, I'm, it's been really tough. So I, th we'll, I think we'll all be glad to see the, the back of it. Well, I, I, you said such good words there. I mean, I so much agree. You know, you have to be kind to yourself. And I think we're all hard on ourselves. And you are great. I mean, some days, if you have a bad day, um, 
you know, it's allowable. It's, it's, you know, being human being. And, um, and so it's, it's great to hear you say that because it's, uh, a lot of the audience needs to hear that too. You know, it's, uh, this is something that, uh, hopefully is a once in a lifetime event. And, um, but if it ever does happen again, you know, we know that we can, we can get through it. Yeah. Well, that, that's it. Absolutely. I think, you know, yeah, we know, we know we can do it. Don't we, we know we can do it. And, uh, but I think it's been it's been amazing to see the kindness and generosity displayed by people, you know, um, those who are uh, vulnerable, um, you know, immunodeficient or whatever and have to cannot leave the house for whatever reason. I've seen, you know, um, the communities really coming together and dropping food around for them, doing their shopping, baking cakes, walking their dog, all of this kind of stuff. Um, that's amazing. And, you know, and sometimes, you know, again, there are days where you look out and you think, oh, the world is such an evil place. You know, there's there's war and 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 people starving and all of this kind of stuff. And, and that's that is it's it's devastating. But there's also a lot of good stuff, too. And um, I think that's also been good, you know, good. One of the one of the good things to come out of COVID is to see the the kindness of, of some people as well. Absolutely. Yeah. There's been some great displays of humanity, undoubtedly. So tell me, um, how does your day begin and how does it end? <laughs> um, at the moment, um, I wake up, um, read through the news, um, and I have a nice big bowl of porridge. I love porridge. Nice. Um, Fills me up until lunchtime. <laughs> so I have a breakfast, uh, take the dog out, come home, um, work through emails. Yeah, respond to emails, all of this kind of stuff. Um, at the moment, um, a lot of it is sort of working through uh, PR stuff for the next single that's coming out. Um, and... Oh, I don't know. It's really like it's different from day to day. Um, working on a lot of music at the moment, um, and then teaching. Um, so and and hopefully going back into schools now. We haven't been allowed back into schools, um, but hopefully going back into schools now to teach during the day. Um, and yeah, I don't know. It's it's different every day. I I will get up and have breakfast and walk the dog. That I can tell you. But then from there, yeah. I don't. <laughs> after the porridge it's like woo anything goes right anything can happen after the porridge yeah that's awesome how does it how does it typically end your day <laughs> um probably just watching rubbish on tv i don't know um i this is really old-fashioned but i um I live with my boyfriend. That's not old fashioned. People do live together. That's pretty normal. Um, but um, I really love looking after people. I'm really like, I'm the maternal one of my friendship group, like oh. 100%. I love looking after people and I really enjoy cooking. So I do really, and I'm also really controlling in the kitchen actually as well. So it's, I'm best just to <laughs> do it. I think that's actually what I'm driving at here. I'm really controlling in the kitchen. <laughs> um, so I like to cook dinner um my boyfriend works really hard um and i just like get to i get to do a job that i enjoy and he's out there working hard so um 
uh, yeah, cook a nice meal um, and then, I don't know, catch up with each other, talk about our day. Um, and then sometimes um, work on some more music and things like that. And uh, yeah, and and re read a good bit of a book before bed. And then that's it. That's how my day ends. A good book. And you mentioned you're you're quite the reader. What's what's uh, a late and latest and greatest book that you enjoy? Um, that's a really good question. Um, I'm reading. I'm at the moment. I'm reading. Um, it's it's a little bit sci-fi and fantasy. A little bit. Um, I'm trying to think what it's quite close to. Um. Oh, I don't know. It's like this army guy um, who's like dealing with magic. It's really weird, but it's quite good. Um, that's so, yeah, um, I've been reading that. But um, I also read just before Christmas. Um, oh, God, I can't remember the name of the book now. But it's um, it was quite it was quite a, a you know, heavy read. Uh, it was a big book as well. Um, it was a recommendation from my granddad, actually, which I was quite uh, taken aback by. Um, but it was about um the like the it was a work of fiction but uh about this young girl who um gets pregnant um and there's a lot of health complications with um <clears throat> the baby that she's expecting um and she's from a very religious family and her parents don't want her to um terminate the pregnancy but she wants to and she's 15 so she can't decide that for herself because um because of the state that she lives in mm -hmm. um and it's just it's all about um sort of from the very bottom to the very top of like the justice system in the US yeah um it's really it was a, it was just brilliant and i was like you know researching bits of the story and you know googling like is this true that x y says <laughs> And it was so well researched, this book. And I, I love it when authors research stuff before writing. Um, and it was just really well written. Um, no grammatical errors or punctuation errors. That's, nice. I ask, that's what I'm here for. Very important. <laughs> Semicolon, so important. Oh. <laughs> yeah, no, that was a really, really good book. Very, very good book. I really enjoyed that. Really good. And it was quite eye-opening because obviously I don't live in the US, so I had never really thought much about how the justice system works over there, but, and, and, you know, and all of the, the rules of the constitution and all of that kind of stuff. I'd never really known about it. Um, yeah. So it was really eye opening. Oh, most definitely. Especially, you know, you, you look into the variance nuances of the laws in the U S it can, uh, can make your head spin. I mean, it's uh, sometimes it makes sense. And sometimes it's like, huh? <laughs> it's like what? You know, yeah, and I hope I hope I'm not speaking out of, of turn as um, I don't live in the US, but um, I think you know when it's sort of laws that were written hundreds of years ago, maybe it's and and I the same goes for laws here. Yeah. There was some. I think there was a um, a law written here in I think it was I want to say the Tudor period, but most definitely um, it was still. It, maybe maybe it was the victorian age i can't remember but it was something like you can't like wave a a a, a fish like a light a a real fish you can't wave a fish suspiciously in public like that was a law here in the uk <laughs> so 
we're not we're not squeaky clean here yeah. by by stretch of the imagination. Um, so yeah, I think some some of these things definitely need uh, updating. Uh, yeah, yeah, big time, big time. But that's that's cool that you you read a lot. I think that that probably is why your songs are so good. You're just in a great creative space. And is there something about reading that, you know, you kind of have to imagine seeing the characters as that kind of get you into a creative zone? I just, um, I've always really enjoyed like the escapism of reading. Um, just, yeah. I don't know. It's like, again, I, maybe, maybe this is cheesy, but it is that kind of like you get to, um, just for a little while, you almost get to like live someone else's life. Yeah. Um, and it kind of does transport you a little bit. And I just, and I love words. I love talking. I don't know if you've noticed. <laughs> oh, no, no. <laughs> <laughs> I love, I love, I love words. Um, yeah. But my, 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 well, my, my parents, they're all like so intelligent. Um, my mum is scary intelligent. And um, we've got, several copies of the complete works of Shakespeare and stuff like that in the house and loads of poetry books. And, um, yeah. And I just love it. And I'm, but I count myself very fortunate to love it. You know, that's, um, cause not everyone does love reading. No, I think it's, it's fantastic that you do that. And, um, like you said, the, the play on words and, and being able to escape into, you know, someone else's story or life, even if it's just for a little while, is just, uh, it's like just transporting somewhere else, you know, it's just such yeah. a part of the creative experience. So tell me about your upcoming single. What's it about and when are we going to be able to hear it? Um, so, yeah, so this is the the first that anyone knows about it. Um, so... Um, so I'm really sorry. The dog is in the room with me and he's screaming. I'm just, he's making like little woof, woof noises. Hang on a minute. Hmm. Brian, Brian. Shh, good boy. Sorry. The dog's excited about the single too. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> um, sorry. Um, so yeah, so the next single I'm releasing, uh, it's called Rewind. Um, and it's, kind of based on like a little mini existential crisis i was having in my early 20s well i'm in my early 20s but early early 20s early, late early. teens late teens early early 20s um yeah a bit of an existential crisis of the yeah the whole like what's the meaning of it all and oh, yeah. why are we here and yeah um and sort of i i got this idea in my head of if i it would probably be just one big headache really but if i could start my life again but <clears throat> right from the minute i was born um like i i would i would know about the the life i'd already lived if that makes sense like the experiences i'd had the first time round mm -hmm. and then like do it over again but then would i do everything exactly the same or knowing like the choices i'd made the like the paths i'd walked down metaphorically speaking would i have taken different turns um kind of like yeah like the kaleidoscope of life um yeah i don't know anyway that's basically in a nutshell that's what it's about um just uh the idea of doing like doing life all over again and would i would i do everything exactly the same and uh make the the, the decisions and the mistakes and 
all of those kinds of things. Yeah. Wow. I think it's a great premise. I mean, it, it, you know, it's a thought that I think almost all of us have. I mean, if you could go back, would you change something? Would you not change? But then again, you love where you are right now in life. So if you were to change something, it means that you'd be in a alternate place, right? Like the whole sort of butterfly effect idea. Yeah. And yeah, um, I think sort of so much of what we experience in life, it's part of like who we are, isn't it? It's, it shapes us as people. Um, so yeah. And, um, and, and it's out in April. That's awesome. That's awesome. So tell us what's next for this year and, and where can we find you and what can we expect from you? Um, so this thing, yeah, so this next single is coming out in April um, and then more music throughout the year um, and hopefully some more, some, some real gigs. That would be amazing um, this year. Uh, and you can find me on, I get so distracted, so distracted. Um, you can find me on Instagram and Twitter and even TikTok now um, with at Redwood Songs. Um, and on Facebook, I am at Redwood Songs UK. So that's, that's that. <laughs> that's awesome. That's awesome. Well, Redwood. I want to thank you so much for being on the show. It's been an honor and a privilege. And again, I love your music. I love Honey Sauce. And I also like You're Killing Me. And I can't wait for Rewind to come out because I know it's going to be great. And uh, I just want to thank you so much for being a part of the show. Thank and you. It's an absolute pleasure. Thank you so much for having me. Anytime. And to the audience, once again, please check out Redwood. Um, and all the links that she provided. Um, I can't say enough about her music. It's If you want to hear something very refreshing, natural, great vocals, great song, and just something that's just like, it's its own music. It stands on its own. Um, I highly recommend because uh, she's got a lot of talent. So there you go. Keep up the hustle, folks. Thank you so much. Until next time, keep up the hustle. <laughs> <laughs>